Thanks for tuning in to the CHS History Podcast, presented by Mr. Markham, Mr. Fisher, and Mr. Turner, providing historical perspective as well as insight and current events. Okay, interesting fact of the day for today, uh, and it has to do with the subject. The Superman radio show from the 1920s gave away the secret password for the KKK to get into their meetings as a way to undermine the organization. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It reminds me of that scene from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? where they all crash the plan. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. If you guys have not seen that movie, you need to check that movie you out. You do. It's a classic. Most quotable movie ever. That's awesome. It's a allegory for the Odyssey. It is. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool. Yes. Okay, so part three of the 1920s. Uh, so today's assignment is going to be, you need a, a three-way T-chart, and the titles are going to be Rise of the KKK, Fear of Immigrants, and The Red Scare. Uh, so we need you guys to do three facts on each one of those, and then uh, from the podcast, and then add one of your own. So you'll have a total of 12 uh, facts in this T-chart. Mm-hmm. so today we'll start with go ahead go ahead sorry about that mr turner oh you're fine mr markham so uh today <laughs> today we're going to talk about um extreme conservatism and i think it's you know worth noting that the conservatism we're going to talk today talk about today is very different than uh like the modern republican party uh there yeah. might be some similarities all different uh, so we're going to talk about three topics today, the rise of the KKK, fear of immigrants, and the Red Scare. So uh, first of all, anybody want to kick it off with the rise of the KKK? Go ahead. Just get us started and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So the, the, in the 1920s, what we see is a huge influx of immigrants, and we see culture expanding like we talked about last time with the Lost Generation, the Harlem Renaissance, women's rights. And as a result, we see also kind of a pendulum swing and we see the KKK kind of uh, all of a sudden start drawing more members because the, the society in the 1920s was scared um, of this new cultural movement that was coming in. Uh, and we see this movement related to the KKK called hyper-patriotism or nationalism from World War I. And it could be very dangerous. Nobody's saying it's bad to be a patriot or, or proud of your country, but it reaches a point where, you know, it can be very dangerous, especially within your own nation. Yeah, That's right. And in the 1920s, we see this resurgence. And you got to remember, the KKK started, what, 1866? And everyone's returning from war, and uh, especially African-Americans. And uh, Turner, you're like this. Wilson was quoted telling a friend that, um, he thought the African-American soldier was probably the biggest threat coming back from war because it would help spread communism, which we'll talk a little bit more in our last segment. But um, he thought those that were fighting in World War I, especially African-Americans, would come back and help spread communism. And this is going to put a lot of fear into a lot of the white Southerners. And this is why we're going to see race riots that are going to spread over, what, like 25 cities oh, yeah. across the country. Just another reason right. to hate Wilson. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. You're welcome. Um, I found a I saw an interesting quote about Woodrow Wilson the other day. Apparently, 
he had the Spanish flu. Really? And that influenced some of his decision making at the Potsdam conference. Ah, that makes so interesting. Maybe, maybe why his views didn't get uh, listened to as much as they should have. And also, you know, when Wilson comes back after, you know, dealing with all the peace talks and everything else, that's when he had a perfect opportunity to kind of mend the relationship between whites and blacks, saying, hey, blacks, African Americans fought this war with the whites. Now we need to embrace them. Instead, he completely ignores it, which leads to the rise of the KKK. I mean, it's one factor that could have maybe helped nip that. But since he doesn't say anything and, and doesn't speak up, you know, as the, the leader of our country. Well, that tells you how see- he really feels, yeah. too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, he- there's a lot of parallels to modern presidency. I'm not going to be very specific here, but certain <laughs> presidents do have that tendency. <laughs> oh, and, and Wilson did segregate his uh, cabinets when he did get into office. So you kind of see where he stands before the war anyways. Yeah. One of his first acts as president was to um, resegregate the civil service. So Is that the, right? Yeah. it was. Yeah. So one of the first one, by the time Wilson was president, um, you know, segregation in U.S. government jobs is over and he takes office and segregates everything again. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. Yep. Unreal. Now, what's interesting about the KKK, oh, yeah. so they, they tried to spin this narrative when they kind of had this resurgence that to be a true American, you kind of had to, um, you know, believe like they believed. So they, they tried to pass themselves off as patriots. And if they said, hey, if you don't agree with us, then you're also a patriot. They did that through like kind of affirming some things that most Americans would agree with, like traditional values. They called that 100% Americanism. Like they that's, would say, that's right. Yeah, right. They, would kinda, they were kind of like wolves in sheep's clothing. They acted like good, wholesome Americans, uh, but they had this and- evil side. That's right. Go ahead. Clint. It seems like a slippery slope when you get into it. Like, oh, they're they're supposed to be Christians. They're supposed to be, uh, you know, very religious. They're supposed to be Americans. And uh, when the truth is, you get down into it, it's an incredibly racist organization. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's, that's the nationalism kicking in for is protecting their country, and that's why we see membership by 1924 go to four and a half million members. And wow. the big thing is, is elected politicians and those that are going to be in power over several states. Um, interesting thing that I came across was uh, the strategy. And they called this, uh, the Klan called this strategy the decade. And this is where every member was responsible to recruit 10 people to vote for the Klan memberships that were running for, or members that were running for candidacy in elections. Wow. Well, you so, see that in Alabama. I mean, there were still people um, in the Senate not that long ago, who had ties to the KKK, Robert yes, Byrd. Robert, yes, Senator Byrd. Yeah, he was a former Klan member. And these these so government officials, yeah, these government officials were called the Invisible Empire. Did you guys ever hear of that term, Invisible Empire? I had not heard yeah. that. Robert Byrd actually served in the Senate with Joe Biden. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah, yes. they served side by side for a long time. Um, mm. But yeah, now what's interesting about the KKK, we all know that they're anti-black, that they're also uh, racist towards pretty much any group that was not a white evangelical group. So uh, that included immigrants, which we're going to talk about, even Catholics, yeah. Jews. If you Different belong time. to a union, 
um, if you were a socialist, these were all things that the KKK hated. Unreal. Yeah. It sounds a lot like uh, the Nazis. It is. I mean, I, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they have wow. striking similarities. And what's interesting is they were like the Nazis. They had some awesome, and I say awesome, it's not good, but really, <laughs> really effective um, uh, uses of propaganda. So D.W. Griffith uh, creates the film The Birth of a Nation in 1915 which was one of the most controversial movies in history. It was set during and after the civil war and it kind of glorifies white supremacy in the KKK. And this is another way that it's similar to the Nazis because they also used films of propaganda, propaganda. and citing the birth of a nation as influence on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, movies like the, uh, the strength of the will, um, mm-hmm. like you have Gehring and, all those guys inspired by this, especially even the imagery, the black and red, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that, a lot of similarities there. Yep. Almost every totalitarian group or what we might call evil group in history uses propaganda. They control mm-hmm. the media. Therefore they can control the thoughts of the populace. Yep. So what's today? Facebook? <laughs> yeah. Siri. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. There we go. We'll go with that. It's got to be Facebook. Got to be Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Twitter. But you know, you could also argue that social media, since it's not, can't be controlled by the government, it's one of the yep. biggest threats to um, different organizations. Like China hates social media. Putin hates social media because yep. it dilutes his message. Yep. Gets information out that they don't want. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but also you have to remember that Putin's used social media to undermine American elections as well. That is true. So you can use that as a weapon on both sides. Yeah, it's a scary time we're living in, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Quentin, should we move on to fear of immigrants? Yeah, let's move on to fear of immigrants. Um, I think we just lost Mr. Fisher. We might have. I'm going to see if we can get him back. I don't know what happened there. That's okay. We'll, we'll move on without him. And if he joins us again, do you want to, do you, do you want to it right here? And then we can come back. We can cut this section out. Yeah. We'll back. see if he can. Yeah, I'm here.
All right. Let's see what okay. happens. Let's see if Fisher joins us. There he is. Hey, what's up? He's back. Okay, I'm going to start it in, right in it. Uh, let's do it in about 10 seconds. Sounds good. Okay. I think we're – there we go. Everyone there? Yep. Can you hear us, John? Yeah. All right, cool. Moving on. Sorry about that. We lost uh, Mr. Fisher for a bit, but we're going to move on to fear of immigrants. Uh, pretty closely tied, I guess, with the same ideas of uh, the KKK. Uh, so we had a lot of Italian – and Polish uh, immigrants coming in between 1921 and 1929. Uh, yeah. Half a million of them. Yeah, a ton, ton of immigrants. At a time a when, the, I mean, the population of the United States was only, uh, the, the population of the United States was only, uh, what was it, like 100 million at the time, Quentin? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, actually. Um, probably yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, but what's interesting in places like New York, where all these immigrants were coming in at one time, there were there were schools in New York that only spoke German. Right. Is so, that right? Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. They were almost like the, the immigrants were almost seen as kind of second class citizens. And uh, the people who were in favor of prohibition closely linked um, kind of immigrants to the drinking culture. And that was a big part of the conservative movement that ended um, alcohol. Yes. And also you get that, uh, that fear of immigrants from, you know, gang activity as a direct result of prohibition as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the U.S. government ended up placing limits on immigrants from places like Asia and Southeastern Europe. But then there That's were right. no quotas at all from places like France um, and Great Britain, I mean, anybody could, could come over, um, no problem. It's odd to, odd to think about, you know, we let some in and we don't let others in. What uh, science is behind that? There's really none. It's, it's kind of called pseudoscience. It's like fake science. Um, right. And the whole yeah. point was to promote, you know, racism. We yes. call it racism. Back then, they were just trying to promote their own worldview. And they would have these odd tests. They would measure the size of your nose, the width of your nose, and try to make it seem uh, scientific when in actuality it's not. It's Again, it's, it's something the Germans use as well during uh, uh, the time leading up to World War II. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a scary time in science, um, for sure. And really, it wasn't science. It was these guys that were, were looking for anything that would justify their own bias um and their own kind of desires their own right fake security right and they were just like we were just talking about they were using propaganda to just kind of back up what they wanted to do and it's kind of sad that there was a small degree of that that was going on in the united states yeah it is mm -hmm. um okay so we have a lot of reaction against immigrants there's violent outcries everywhere um right. you even see in southern illinois you see that uh, there was a uh, race riots against Germans in, I think it was Collinsville, Illinois, actually. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, was Collinsville that had a, a large KKK um, uh, role? Yes. Right. Yeah. It was pretty active down here in Southern Illinois, for sure. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is. It really is. So, also yeah. during the time, yeah, you get the, the Red Scare, right? 
which Americans, they, they feared a communist revolution, uh, like the one that took place in Russia during World War One. That's right. The Bolshevik uh, revolution in 1917. That happens right during World War One, as yep. the Russian army really pre- underperforms for World War One, had the highest casualties. Uh, well, not only in World War One, but World War Two as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They did not update their tactics when they updated their um, their arsenal, their technology. So maybe we should get a, a, a working definition of what communism and what socialism is. I think. Yeah. Uh, you've got, How do you explain it in your class, so Mr. Markham? Socialism is when uh, the government occupies or controls a large industries within a nation. Uh, for example, it could be uh, communications, it could be the, a large military, it could be um, any number of normally in a capital society will be private businesses are right. managed by the government. Um, could be healthcare, it could be you know schools, could be somewhat considered socialistic in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the fact that everybody gets a free education, taxpayer funded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you take that one step further, and the government controls all aspects of society, um, and that will be communism. Um, but what really, in practice, becomes a communist dictatorship in places like Russia and a lot of countries in South America, like Cuba as well. So yeah, true communism, absolutely. as Karl Marx envisioned it, would have no formal government, and everything would be acted on as um, you need something. There's somebody out there that can do it for you. And then the services that you can provide, you provide when they need it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, communism in an ideal world where um, human beings were not selfish in any way would be a great system of government. Absolutely. Looks great on paper. Yeah, absolutely. That we didn't create, that's not a government created with our worst intentions in mind. The, The problem becomes motivation. Yeah, absolutely. The story that I tell in my um, U.S. history class, um, imagine two farms. The first farm, um, you know, there are two people, person A and person B. Person A goes out, picks like five years of corn, lays down, goes to sleep. Person B goes out, gets really industrious and picks like 200 years of corn. They both go in and turn their sacks of corn in at the end of the day and they both get paid the same. The question you got to ask is, is person B going to go out and pick as many ears of corn after he got paid the exact same amount as the person uh, and the, after person a you know did nothing exactly um yeah that's communism absolutely it is um when there's when there's a lack of motivation to be better um and i think that's one thing that america really goes crazy on is um there's a monetary incentive for everything um absolutely and, and sometimes it goes too far but at the same time you just have to remember eventually the market should sort itself out. Yeah. You know, the, what James Madison envisioned was a government with our worst intentions in mind. Mm. Right. So if, you know, he, he based a government, a system of commerce off of our greed. So like if James Madison, Alexander Hamilton would have set up a farm, they would have said, Hey, every year of corn that you pick will be 25 cents. Right. Yeah. That's going to encourage people to go out and pick as much corn as they possibly can. That's right. Communism pays everybody the same, no matter what. So there's no incentive to work hard. And I think, I think there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, where there's no motivation, there should be government can step in 
And because right. sometimes, sometimes there's, there's markets out there that aren't financially viable, but that we still need. If we think about the post mm-hmm. office, no, no yeah. business is going to into the yeah. business of, of delivery because there's really no money in it. So right. the government steps in and does it. No one could afford uh, the U.S. military. No private company could do that. So the government steps right. in and and they they create create that for us. And we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good, we have a good mix. We are neither truly communist or truly capitalist. Right. Certainly not communist. No, certainly not. We are a capitalistic society, but we're not. We have aspects of um, socialism, don't we? We do. We do. Social security, like you said, public education. National parks. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. But people don't like to call it socialism because that's still a little bit scary from the, from the cold war. Absolutely. And communism, maybe not socialism, but communism um, is a scary form of government. It is. Because every form of communism that's ever existed has led to dictatorship. Dictatorships, right? And, and not benevolent dictatorships. Really, like if you disagree, really you're sent off to the gulag and in you know the winters of Siberia, cracking rocks for the rest of your life. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a great idealistic um, kind of uh, form of government, but has never worked. Yeah. Not to never mention the worked. secret police and the, the paranoia. Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's not good. No, it's not. So it's not. let's talk a little bit about some of the presence in the 1920s of socialism in America. There was a guy, right. uh, Eugene Debs, who was a socialist, ran on the ticket for, for president. Um, and I guess you could kind of say, you could compare him a little bit to uh, a Bernie Sanders type who is not afraid yeah, of being yeah. a social and being labeled a socialist and had some success. Yeah, very, very charismatic speaker running for president. And this is coming on the heels of the Gilded Age where the average working American was severely taken advantage of. Yes. So Eugene Debs was a very popular figure, but um, he, would, he would tell you he was a socialist, uh, which scared a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big reason yeah. why Bernie Sanders is, has failed two presidential races in a row to really garner um, a, a populist that will actually vote for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, people are just too scared to to vote for a person that openly calls themselves a socialist mm-hmm. candidate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got again during the Red Scare, we have suspected immigrants under attack. Uh, yep. There's specific ones and uh, two Italians called Sacco and Vinzetti. They were arrested, charged with murder. Uh, they believe yes. they were they were anarchists. Mr. Turner, what what is uh, you're the government teacher? What's an anarchist? Yeah, so uh, anarchist is an interesting definition. An anarchist wants completely no government, right? That um, government of any kind, whether that is a firefighter or a police. Uh, should not exist because they are hyper scared, really scared of losing their rights. Now, um, how does that compare with somebody like a libertarian? Uh, libertarians believe that a minimum amount of government should exist. Okay. So there should be just a skeleton form of government, whereas an anarchist would say no government whatsoever. So if you're looking on like a spectrum, mm-hmm. like a, like a, a timeline or a continuum, sure. uh, 
the farthest left you can be is a is a communist. Okay. Right. That you believe the government should con- control all parts of your life. Okay. And then moving to the right would be a socialist. Then you might get into the capitalist realm. Then you get into a libertarian, and then the farthest right you can go would be a uh, an anarchist. No government whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what happened to Sacco and Vanzetti? Yeah. So, Sacco and Vanzetti were were an interesting group. Criminals, no doubt. Uh, however, you know, while they were criminals, they had a criminal background. With only circumstantial evidence, um, a court, which was very racist at the time, found them guilty and, of, uh, of murder and executed them without really having any evidence. It's one of the darkest moments in kind of the Red Scare, where two guys that probably shouldn't have been executed, probably criminals, but the case on them, most historians agree, not strong enough to execute. Not strong enough for execution. Maybe they committed a crime, maybe they didn't, but... Evidence was kind of circumstantial. Race plays a big part because they're Italian immigrants, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Italian immigrants were all kind of generalized as being uh, members of the mafia, mm. right? So they just assume, yeah, these two Italians are part of the mafia. They did it. Let's execute them. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a sad time in American justice for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but all of these three things, the rise of the KKK, fear of immigrants, the Red Scare, uh, the, the big theme here is that America was, you know, they, they were reacting against the liberal culture of the Roaring Twenties, the things that we think of in the Roaring Twenties, the women's the rights, flappers, women's rights, jazz, um, yeah, all the excessive right. that was going on. And that was all going on in the cities. And what we saw what we talked about today, the fear of the, the rise of the KKK, fear of immigrants, the Red Scare, all that stuff was going on out in the country. Mm. And a bunch of country folks who were scared didn't, of what was going on in the city. Didn't trust the newfangled ways of the city. Absolutely. And I think that's a conflict we see even today. Absolutely. You see right, big but, cities being a lot more liberal and the rest right. of America being a little more conservative. Absolutely. And it's it's – it's a it's a core part of who we are as Americans now, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yes. This conflict in liberal America and conservative America. Fascinating topics. I love the 1920s. I'm glad we started out on a high note, and then we got in kind of yeah. more truth as we went on. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. fun. I enjoyed it. And, and what's crazy is what's coming next is the 1930s. Yes. The Great Depression. I mean, really <laughs> – it's more interesting. I think so too. I don't know. I don't know. It's a toss up. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, we've got world war two coming too. Right. So All right. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be great. Stay tuned Stay guys. Stay tuned, guys. And thanks for listening. Thanks, Mr. Turner. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Mark. Thanks, Mr. Fisher. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Mr. Fisher. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys <laughs> See later. See you guys.